This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is sponsored in part by TripInsurance.com, making it easy to buy travel insurance at the best available price. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Welcome in. My name is Doug Parker. Thank you for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Getting a review of Carnival Victory today. Uh, Actually, Carnival Victory is going to be undergoing this massive renovation next year. So uh, this is probably the last review we'll ever hear of Carnival Victory. Don't have Sherry this week with Cruise News. She's stuck in the Midwest somewhere on Amtrak, so Richard is stepping in for her. Uh, she tried to call me a little while ago, and the signal was bad. I wasn't having it this week, so um, we're just going to get a solid connection with Richard. And uh, don't forget about Cruise Radio News, our daily quick hits of the news. 60 seconds, the top three things you need to know. All you have to do is search Cruise Radio News wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. All right, Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. A toddler falls from the balcony on Freedom of the Seas over the weekend. Fill us in on this. This is kind of a sad, sad story from every level. Um, we know a little bit more now than we did originally because the parents have filed, are, are basically pursuing legal action. And as a result, their lawyer held a press conference where he indicated that the grandfather um, sort of held the kid up against a what he thought was a glass pane. There was no glass there, it seems like, and the child fell. Obviously, this 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 family is absolutely devastated by this. Um, they are, like I said, pursuing legal action. I don't know how much grounds they have since you know he held her up and put her up against. I mean, no matter what you do, that's that's we, we say it all the time. People don't just fall off ships. Something mm-hmm. happens. You know, either you're drunk and or. Or, or you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Clearly, you should not be setting a child up on a railing like that. Um, so it's a tragic, tragic situation. And, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers, you know, people say the phrase thoughts and prayers, and it sort of rings a little hollow sometimes. But in a situation like this, we really do, as a cruise community, send our, 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 our thoughts to them because the whole family's got to be really devastated by this. Royal Caribbean made good on that drink pricing error that we talked about last week on Cruise Radio Rewind. That is such a cool story. Um, this is how you earn good good um, loyalty from the people who are cruising with you. Because um, as we talked about last time, these people went on and they snagged this great deal, $18 a day for the drink package, which is normally much closer to like $60 a day. And at first, Royal Caribbean was like, yeah, sorry, not much we can do. And then they sort of said, well, maybe we can give you like 30% off. And then finally, they sent out this great letter to the people that was very tongue-in-cheek, very like, well, you know, this is on us. So we made this mistake. So get your drink on and we'll just go cry in our beer. So that people are actually getting the the $18 a day package. And let me tell you something. If I ever see that, I will snatch that sucker up. I feel like that decision had to do with a lot of the pushback they were getting, though. Definitely. But you know what? Here's the thing. Whenever we see stories like this, the cruise line does not have to do that, whether it's that, you know, people are upset because an itinerary changed and they want their money back or a cruise was canceled. And what are they going to get back? People are always looking to get something back. And the cruise line honestly doesn't have to do anything. It's in the in the contracts. It's in the in the purchase agreements. So they don't have to do anything. But when they do something, especially something as amazing as this, even if it is only because of the pushback, I give them 
massive kudos because it's smart. Just from a yeah. business point of view, it is smart. Yeah, fair enough. So it looks like one of Royal Caribbean ships is leaving Florida for the first time in, gosh, as long as I can remember. Majesty of the Seas. Um, this is a ship that was doing Cuba runs. And a lot of the cruise lines, well, really all of them, have had to sort of juggle things around a little bit ever since Cuba was sort of taken off the list of places for people to go. So um, one of the things that they're doing is figuring out where can we get the most bang for our buck? Where can we reposition the ship to? So, so yes, they are taking Majesty of the Seas out of Florida and putting her in New Orleans. And she'll be doing sailings to the Bahamas and, of course, Perfect day at Coco Cay because, you know, they want to get as many people onto that island as they possibly can. Right. And I, I mean, speaking of other cruise ships, you know, going to different locations now that Cuba is out of the picture, Norwegian Cruise Line is sending Norwegian Sun to Alaska for the first time in three years because it's been doing uh, Cuba year round out of Port Canaveral and also MSC's Armonia. That was doing Cuba runs out of Miami. That's actually now going to their private island starting in November and then diverting to just a regular Caribbean run. So and it's interesting, right? Because it just shows that these cruise ships can go wherever they need to go. Exactly. And you know what? Let me tell you something. If tomorrow the government says we're reopening Cuba, expect another shuffle because mm-hmm. all of the cruise lines were making good money because it was a really in-demand location since it is someplace that people weren't able to go to for a long time. If the, if they reopen Cuba tomorrow, you'll see a lot more repositioning again. This next story, uh, you probably have some experience with the Norwegian app, but it looks like they've expanded it. They have. It is now officially, they've been rolling out the newer version of it for a while now, but it is now officially on all the ships in the Norwegian fleet. It is a pretty great app. Um, it's very similar to Carnival's Hub app. Um, the, you know, most of the cruise ship apps offer the same basic things. Uh, but it's finally available across all of the Norwegian fleet and will, when the Joy comes down, will also be available on Joy. And Carnival Cruise Line is rolling out their new brunch menu to more ships. Which ones now? I'm a, you know, I'm a little of two minds of this story, to be honest. I'm excited because I'm going to get to try it in September, but I'm a little disappointed because I loved the old brunch brunch menu with like, um, you know, the flaming tomato soup and stuff like that. Uh, but it is going to be rolled out pretty much across the fleet eventually. Right now, the ships that it's been added to are Horizon, Vista, Fantasy, Sunrise, Sensation, Victory, Imagination, Inspiration, Ecstasy, Splendor, and Liberty. So if you're planning a trip on one of those, you will get the new menu. And Doug, you've had some experience with this menu. You've actually gotten to try it. What would you think of it? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, when there's change, there's always going to be pushback, right? So they, to me, it's a little bit hoity-toity, like they have the seafood tower and the upcharge lobster egg benedict, things like that. Um, but they took away the flaming tomato soup and their cereal crusted French toast. Not cool, but hey, it's change. We can't fight it. We can't fight it, but we can lament what was. We've become those cruisers who are lamenting the things <laughs> yes. that are no more. Next thing you know, we'll be pounding the table and saying, put a tablecloth on here. Right. All right. In our last story here, when I first saw this headline that Carnival Cruise Line will start recycling soap, I'm like, what the heck are they doing over there? But there's really more to the story. 
I thought the same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to freak out if they think they're like rubbing soap on their body that was rubbing (laughs) on somebody else's body before. But actually, this is an amazing story. Um, They have partnered with an organization called Clean the World. And what they're going to do is, you know how like usually when you're done with a cruise, your soap is not gone. There's like some soap left in the dish. They are going to gather all the soap out of all of the, both the passenger staterooms and the crew staterooms. And they, they give this soap, you know, tons and tons of soap every year. They give it to this organization, organization called uh, Clean the World. And what they do is they, they clean it and they melt it down. They make it into new soap products and they take that and, and distribute it in poor communities or places where there are, are, are health issues that have caused them to need, you know, um, hygiene related products and stuff like that. It's super cool. And so I I do think a lot of people are going to see this at first and freak out, but if you actually take the time to look at it, it's a really cool, cool story. Yeah, I know that hotels have been doing this for years with their shampoo. I didn't realize they could do this with soap, and it's cool to see the cruise line stepping in and doing their part as well. Listener question here comes from Michael. We have Norwegian Bliss and Royal Caribbean's Anthem of the Seas both booked for November, and we need to decide pretty quickly which one we're going to go with. Royal Caribbean has more appeal to me, but Norwegian Cruise Line has been my favorite for several years. Any thoughts? You know, these are the toughest kind of questions because when when people ask um, which of these two ships should I do, it really does depend a lot of times on what you're looking for out of the experience. Now, I will say with those two ships, and and I've been on both, they're similar. You know, they are um, they're they're similar in size. They both offer they're both big ships. They both offer a lot of um, amenities, a lot of restaurants, stuff like that. I am a very big fan of Norwegian Cruise Line myself, but um, I will also say that Anthem is a fantastic ship. I don't think you could go wrong. If I had to pick blindly, I might go with Bliss just because, A, it's a little bit newer. Um, I really liked some of the restaurants and some of the shows that they had on that ship, except for Havana. I really didn't like that show, but uh, but it's it's got a lot going for it. But like I said, what I really would suggest is kind of do a comparison chart of what you or your family is specifically looking for. You know, like, is the racetrack that's on top of Bliss important to you? Is the solarium that Anthem of Anthem of the Seas has? That might be important to you because it's a great free area that's for adults only. So really look at what each ship has to offer and say, and figure out which one is right for you. If I had to pick for you, I would probably pick Bliss, but I think it's worth taking the time to make sure you're making the right decision for you. I don't know. I mean, the way I look at it is NCL is kind of like the county fair where you're paying for the attraction and Anthem of the Seas is more like a theme park like Disney, right? You pay one price and everything's pretty much included. That's a great point. And again, that depends on how much you're going to use it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when I did Anthem of the Seas, they have both the surf simulator and the flight simulator, both really, really cool, both free and included in your um, package. I didn't end up doing either of them. I was doing so many other things. So it it depends on what you're going, not only what the ship has available, but what you're going to actually use on the ship. You know, I think, I think that's what it comes down to for me. All right. Contributor Richard Sims. Thank you, man. Hey, as always, thanks for having me. If you have an Amazon Alexa enabled device, ask her to enable the cruise radio news skill. So you can get daily updates anytime straight from cruise radio. A big question we get at cruise radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance? 
Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at CruiseRadio.net. Matt just returned from a three-night cruise aboard Carnival Victory. It had a day at sea, Nassau, and back to Miami. He joins us on the line. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. You're up in Connecticut, right? So you made your way down to Miami. Give me some Carnival Victory pre-cruise thoughts. I actually uh, only booked this about nine days out. Okay. Uh, it was very last minute for me. I, most of my sailings, I, I probably book uh, over a year out. But I was able to make the weekend work and uh, had coverage for the kids on the school days. And, and I was able to get away for the, the quick weekend trip. I was hoping when I originally was looking at this weekend, I was hoping for some last minute, maybe solo supplement uh, deals. I wasn't really set on a particular cruise line. Those great deals never happened. And the victory was kind of the best deal. Also, since I was sailing solo, I was kind of um, leaning towards, you know, one of the lines that had set dining times. Uh, You know, I could have went with the sky, but probably would have ended up eating by myself most of the nights. So I I leaned towards Carnival just because they would have the set dining times and, uh, I actually hadn't sailed Carnival in about a year, so those factors kind of pushed me to, to book the victory. Do you ever see single supplement for Carnival? I may have at some rare occasion, but I, I don't think they do it as often as Norwegian does. Yeah, they're definitely few and far between for Carnival, because I, I always look for those, and I, I think the last time I saw one was like maybe five years ago. It was pretty okay. long time ago. But anyway, so you make your way down to Miami, and you get to the cruise pier. How was embarkation? Embarkation was amazingly quick. When I sailed on Symphony back in February, uh, I kind of claimed at that point that it was the fastest embarkation I ever had. This sailing on the Victory beat it. Uh, I went from curb to being on the ship in about five minutes. What made it so Um, fast? So a part of it was I'm platinum on Carnival, so I was able to use the priority uh, security line. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was, I I don't think anybody in in it at the time that that I strolled up. Then they, um, they don't give you your cards at a check-in counter uh, anymore. They, uh, they have them in your cabin uh, right outside the door. So uh, they literally scanned my documents, and they just kind of you know scan it, push you along, you're all set. So 
Uh, they had already started boarding by the time I got to the terminal, so I literally went right to the embarkation area and right on. Very good. So was this your first time sailing Victory? It was my first time sailing Victory. I had been on her a couple years ago for a, a ship inspection. Okay, so what were your first uh-huh. impressions walking on board this time? It's a pretty familiar feel if you're used to any of the um, that class of ships for Carnival. I mean, they're all pretty much laid out the same. For her age, I, I mean, from from the inside, she she looks great, and you know, from the fact that she's getting uh, you know fully refurbished next year, she seemed to be in great shape. I quickly went to my room and unpacked. Uh, that was kind of my first order of business because I carried my my uh, bag on, and then I, I headed out to the the pool deck and kind of just you know took in the sights and uh, enjoyed the warm weather and started working on that cheers package. <laughs> Let's talk about the stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? I booked an inside guarantee, and my location was perfect. Uh, I was on deck seven near the forward elevators, so that meant two decks up to Lido pool deck and two decks down to the promenade and all the inside activity stuff. Um, so I actually I didn't use an elevator the entire trip except for getting back on board in NASA just because it was a, a whole lot of flights. But other than that, I never used an elevator. So uh, it, was, it really was a perfect location for a guarantee cabin. Good for you, man. As far as like the space, you were obviously sailing by yourself, but did you find there to be like a decent amount of space to put everything away and the bathroom and all that? Yeah, there was more than enough space. Uh, I, you know, I think I only used like one or two of the drawers and uh, you know, some of one of the closets. Uh, it easily would have been good for two people. There was definitely no, no lack of uh, storage and, and that sort of stuff. You know, it's one thing I noticed. So you said one or two of the drawers. Is that the drawer that's like in the vanity area? There's like three of them right there? Yeah, there's three drawers in the vanity. And then I think there's two and a half, you know, full length closets. When Carnival Triumph underwent that renovation, they actually took those drawers out where the vanity is and put refrigerators in. So it kind of took out two drawers. So I was looking, expecting to put my stuff in there. I'm like, oh, there's no drawer here. So I opened the cabinet and there was a refrigerator in there. No drawer. So... It was, uh, hmm. yeah, kind of unexpected. So let's talk about dining on this three-night cruise. As you mentioned, you wanted to go on a, a set dining time. Is that what you said, a set dining time? Yeah, I, I went with the late dining. I actually ate in the main dining room all three nights. Mm-hmm. The food was good, but I think I mentioned this to somebody before who was talking to me about this. Thing. I said, don't ask me what I ate because I was well into my cheers package each night. <laughs> What is your secret? Like, whenever I sail by myself, I'm sometimes terrified to go into the anytime dining or even a set dining. And my fear is I'm going to be set with another couple and I'm going to be like an awkward third wheel. What's your secret to going in there and just having the balls to do that? I had assumed that they would probably see me with at least some other solo passengers this Mm -hmm. time. I don't know if that was just something I made up in my head or had heard before, but um, that's kind of what I was assuming, but it didn't happen. I ended up getting sat with um, a mother and her two 20-something-year-old daughters, another younger couple, and then two female friends. Uh, They're probably in like their late 20s or something like that. And I'm going to be honest, it was at first it was like super awkward. And I'm like, all right, I need to like break the ice here. So I introduced myself and asked where everybody was from and, you know, if they had cruised before. And the mother and her two daughters, it was their first cruise. So, uh, of course, once they found out how many cruises I had been on, they were super interested and, and, and had tons of questions. So that sparked a lot of conversation between us. The four other people at the table, 
they didn't say a peep the entire the entire meal. Um, so I, I was very thankful that that mother and her two daughters were there because it made it enjoyable. And actually, the the last two nights, those four other people didn't even show up. Okay. Um, so it ended up being uh, me and that mother and her two daughters, and uh, the conversation was good, and and it, there was no awkwardness at all. Um, it was very enjoyable experience. I'm generally kind of an outgoing person, so I, I guess that helps. Like, I love meeting new people. It's part of what I love about cruising is, is, you know, meeting new people from, you know, from all walks of life. And uh, it ended up being good. But um, I think it was night two. I showed up and I actually showed up like five minutes late to dinner and uh, they weren't there yet. So I was like, all right, am I really going to be sitting at this 10 top table or eight top table for myself? But they ended up showing up and the crisis was averted. But you know, I don't really have a, uh, there's no ma- magic, uh, answer to enjoying, uh, being sad with other people, but I don't know. It's just, it's, I- I'd rather do that than sit by myself. I guess maybe a couple of cocktails kind of breaks the ice as well, right? With the cheers package, or even if you don't have oh, the cheers package. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so how about food in the other parts or around the ship? Uh, let's like the Lido buffet area. How was that? So I actually only ate in the Lido buffet area one morning for breakfast. The other two mornings, the Nassau morning, I mentioned I got off super early. Um, I just never made my way up for breakfast. And then the last morning, I just got right off the ship. I, I didn't want to uh, linger around. I just wanted to get to the airport and get on my way home. Does Victory have the guys in Blue Iguana? It does. Uh, it also has the uh, seafood shack. Okay. Um, and I, I did eat at all three. Okay. And what did you think of each one? I've eaten at all of them before, and, and I, I've always enjoyed, enjoyed them, and it was no different on the Victory. Blue Iguana, I got it on, the, on embarkation day just because there was no line, and it was easy, and I just wanted to sit down and, and grab some lunch and a drink and not have to deal with crowds. And then on our day at sea, I actually had two lunches. I first had the Seafood Shack, uh, kind of, I don't know, maybe around like 11.30 or so, and that is for a fee, Got a, the lobster rolls and a, a half pound of steamed shrimp, and I think it came out to be about twenty dollars, mm-hmm. uh, right around twenty dollars, and that was including the tip. And of course, you have Guy's Burgers. Uh, I claim they are the best burgers at sea. I know some people have varying opinions, but for me, uh, it's it's the best out there. You know, my last sailing, I didn't do Guy's one time. That's crazy. I, you know what? I, in fact, the reason I had two lunches on the sea day is because. I was like, you know, if I don't have this now, tomorrow I'm in Nassau, and then, you know, the, the cruise is going to be over before I know it. And uh, I was like, I just got to get it now. You know, in all fairness, like my thing is now that these ships have the barbecue restaurants on there, I tend to gravitate towards barbecue more than burgers. So I can see that. That kind of replaces the whole uh, the burger thing the barbecue does. All right. So let's talk about the entertainment on board. Did you check out any of the playlist production shows? I did not. I, I know every time we, we do these reviews, I, uh, I mention I, I'm just not a, a show guy. Uh, sometimes if I'm with my wife, uh, I'll, I will go to them. But obviously being by myself, I didn't even come close to one. I probably spent most of my uh, you know, post-dinner time uh, either in the casino, at the Alchemy Bar, or at uh, the nightclub. Yeah, I was going to say, like, so you don't go to the shows, but you kind of just check out the other places around the ship. How did you feel about the music around the ships and um, the vibe outside of the theater? From, like, the deck party standpoint and the nightclub standpoint, 
it's one of the reasons why I love Carnival is they, they just have such a, a fun, upbeat atmosphere. And it, it almost seems like everybody buys into that. I didn't really check out any of the more public, you know, just uh, in the casino area uh, where they have a, band, a little band playing and in the mm-hmm. atrium. I didn't really check out um, or pay attention too much to any of those. But, I mean, the nightclub and the the deck parties were, were off the hook. I mean, you can probably see in some of my photos uh, from the deck party. I mean, it is just packed. And you don't really get that on, on all the cruise lines. I just really love them for for that point. And I guess a three-night cruise is like, you know, people are trying to get every bit of that cheers package and fun into 72 hours they can, right? Of course. It's always a little livelier on those, especially <laughs> over the weekend. I remember we were, we were chatting a few months ago, and you were comparing the three-night Norwegian sky to a four-night Norwegian sky, and you said it was like a night and day difference. It was. It was It was crazy. I mean, I, me and my buddy were sitting there as the weekend one started, and I'm like, you can just feel it. Like mm-hmm. it, it's you can't pinpoint one thing, but it just felt completely different. Yeah. So let's talk about the casino for a second. How was the smoke situation? You know, I don't remember it being horrible, so I'm guessing it wasn't horrible. Okay. I'm not super sensitive to it though. Um, for most of my childhood, my dad smoked, so I, I'm kind of like used to it from that, I guess, a little bit. But um, it wasn't bothering me. But I'm sure there's people out there that it would bother regardless. How was the ship uh, during sea days as far as crowds and congestion? I didn't really have any issues with with crowds. I never never really had to wait in line very long for anything, actually. The seafood check, I had to wait for a while, but I I don't think it was because of a line. I think it was just because it takes them a bit to to prepare it on demand. I was up early on the sea day, so I actually was able to grab a kind of prime location, and I, I never was in a situation where I was, like, searching for a um, a deck chair. Mm-hmm. I was plopped right next to the Red Frog Rum Bar, so I was I was in a good place. On a sea day, do you, I mean, are you the type of cruiser that kind of just finds his spot and stays there until you've had enough of the sun? That's kind of exactly what I do. Uh, once once I, uh, I feel that my uh, fair skin has, has <laughs> seen enough of the sun, I'll... Uh, I'll go, you know, move on under a shaded section uh, and, you know, on the Victory, the Red Frog Rum Bar and the uh, Blue Iguana Tequila Bar are shaded. Uh, and so I kind of would go grab a stool by one of those bars and, and just people watch from there once once I was done with the sun. So let's talk about the Cheers package. You uh, you got the Cheers package for this three-day cruise. and I mean, it's kind of foolish not to because you're talking like, what, 180 bucks for three days. All you can, well, up yeah. to 15 drinks a day. So with that... What did you think about it? Because I know you always get the cheers package on like Royal Caribbean and Norwegian. So how was this carnival experience? For the most part, it was good. It was, surprisingly was the first time I have gotten the cheers package. Uh, this was my 20th carnival cruise. Although for a lot of those, they didn't, they didn't have the, the cheers package as an offering. But being by myself, I knew I would drink quite a bit. It just made sense to get it, like you said. Uh, I think it was uh, $183 uh, after all the, the gratuity and all that. And I knew going in that like the first day and the day in Nassau, the 15 drink limit wouldn't be an issue. But I was almost certain that on the sea day, it would be an issue. And it was. I ran out of drinks at about 1 a.m. I was in the nightclub and I had to switch over to just drinking uh, rock stars because the the non-alcoholic beverages are unlimited. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess the one thing that surprised me, and I, I know we talked briefly um, while you were on Sunrise, 
I was asking about the ability to buy drinks before you hit the 15 mark. And I had always heard that that was kind of the workaround, but that's not the case anymore. They will not allow you to buy friends around by on the pool deck uh, if you want to pay for it, which to me seems a little bit silly. I mean, I assume they have their, their reasons and their methodology behind it. But for me, it just, it sounds like a lot, but it's not. I mean, if you sit by the pool at, you know, 10 a.m. and start having a couple of drinks, well, next thing you know, you're, you know, you haven't even gotten to dinner yet and you only have a handful of drinks left. I hit 15 on Sunrise a couple of nights. And like you said, like if you start early in the day, like I don't even think I caught a buzz one day when I hit 15 because the sun and you're spacing it out and, you know, you could do what one drink an hour or two drinks an hour and feel fine. And by the time that midnight rolls around, you hit 15 and you're like, okay, time to go to bed, I guess. Yeah. I probably was only going to stay up for, you know, like another hour or so after that happened. So it wasn't a huge thing, but you know, you know what I found myself doing though is like, like, Oh, I should, I should wait a little bit longer till I start, or I should wait a little bit longer till I have my next one. And you know, when I'm on, when I'm on vacation, I don't want to think about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can understand them capping the package at that, but uh, but allow people to buy more. And that um, reset is like what um, until the bars open the next day once you get cut off. I think it's six a.m. to six a.m. Okay, so I mean, if you're going until one or two, you're you don't have that much longer until you can get your next one. True. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, like I said, it it didn't you know it didn't ruin my trip or anything, but it was just a little inconvenience. How was NASA? Nassau was was pretty good. It was it was rainy and cloudy in the morning, uh, which put a little bit of a damper on my plans for the morning time. Just trying to get some some photos and content and all that good stuff. Then uh, I went and dropped off all my gear in the ship, headed back off. Uh, I met up with a friend who was sailing on Navigator of the Seas. Uh, we met up at uh, Pirate Republic Brewery. Uh, we had a beer or two there. We headed over to Sharky's had another drink or two there, got some lunch, and he had a commitment back on the ship uh, in the early afternoon. Uh, I kind of tried to talk myself into going to Senior Frogs, but uh, I, I kind of reminded myself that I had uh, you know, free drinks on board. So mm-hmm. that ultimately was my decision to head back onto the ship. And it was a, a laid back day. I didn't do anything crazy, you know, but I still got off the ship and, and had a little fun. You make your way back to Port Miami. How was the debark? Debark had the um, the possibility of being really bad. I walked down to the lobby deck where you debark from, and the line to get off the ship was atrocious. I was getting off around eight thirty, I think, mm-hmm. and I mean the the line went through. I think one of the dining rooms. Uh, it was just huge. So I, I happened to be walking by one of the workers, and I was like. I just want to confirm this is the line to get off the ship, right? Because uh, it kind of like merged, almost like merged into the guest services line. So I wasn't quite sure. And he's like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, is there a, is there a platinum uh, line to get off the ship? And he like points to this sign right right by where the, the security, you know, uh, swipes your card to get off the ship. And he's like, yeah, you can go in right here. And so I, I was able to kind of uh, avoid the whole line. Uh, so for me, it was good. I imagine there was a lot of people who were frustrated after they got through that line. But after that, going through um, customs and all that was was smooth, and uh, I went out and met my shuttle and 
and headed to the airport. Where did you fly out of this time? I flew out of Fort Lauderdale. Gotcha. Do you do a like a prearranged shuttle up there, or how do you do that? When I'm by myself, I usually do a prearranged shuttle just because it's cheaper than doing a Uber or Lyft. If I'm with other people, I generally will do Uber. What does the shuttle run, like 15, 20 bucks? 15, and then I usually give a little tip, so it's like 20 bucks. Gotcha. Um, is that like SAS or whatever that company is called? Uh, that was that, I used Jiffy Jeff this okay. time. I used another solid one down there. Um, mm-hmm. Very good, man. Well, uh, if you could tell Carnival one thing about Carnival Victory, what would it be? From a positive standpoint, I would tell them that everything they're doing with you know, their, their Choose Fun campaign, uh, it's working. The deck parties and nightlife, uh, even an uh, experienced cruiser like myself, I still get impressed with it. As far as a, uh, maybe a, a point on improvement, you know, I, I just kind of harped on the 15-drink the limit on the Cheers package. Maybe they can address their concern for over-serving in another fashion. I guess that would be one area I'd, I'd love for them to look into. And one other thing I didn't touch on during our, our full review here was the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. I had the top-of-the-line plan, and it was pretty atrocious. I was able to make do, and there were certain parts of the ship that worked better than others. Uh, unfortunately, my cabin was one of the areas where it didn't work well. Mm-hmm. I know they're, they're upgrading new ships as they go in for, uh, you know, if they're a new ship or if they're going in for dry dock. So, you know, hopefully in time, all the ships will have a, a better Wi-Fi system. But uh, it's definitely something that is important to me, and I know it's not important to everybody. But yeah, it was. It was, overall, it was a it was a great three day trip, and uh, you know, Carnival's doing a lot of things right. Did you do a speed test by chance? I did not do a speed test. Uh, usually, my test is uh, how well I can FaceTime with my family. Mm-hmm. I did a speed test on Sunrise. I had the premium package, and it was like less than one up and down. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Yeah. Especially when, uh, you know, compared to um, like Royal Caribbean's Voom on most of their ships uh, is phenomenal. It's just night and day. It's almost like these cruise lines can't, well, not all of them, but a lot of them can't keep up with the demand for people wanting Wi-Fi. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's Carnival is saying, hey, if you get our premium on some ships now, you can stream Netflix but I'm sorry, you're not streaming Netflix with a one up and one down on a premium connection, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. There's a little work to be improved there. But, hey, you're on a cruise, and I guess the other argument is disconnect if you can. I mean, yeah, yep. so whatever. And that's one of the things that drew me to cruising in the beginning was that full disconnect. But now as uh, my life has sort of changed and I have a family and have kids, mm-hmm. uh, it, it allows me to cruise more. So I, I'm all for it. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, any tips for sailing Carnival Victory? Go into the sailing with, with an open mind and be ready to have fun. You know, be sure to check out some of the things that are exclusive to Carnival, uh, like the Seafood Shack and the Guy's Burgers. It adds a little bit something different that you don't get, get across the board. So definitely check out some of those, those extras. And I guess as Carnival would say, uh, choose fun. <laughs> Where can we find your pictures? So you can find my pictures mostly on my Instagram, at CruiseLifeMatt, um, and also on my blog page, CruiseLifeMatt.com. Matt, thanks for the review, buddy. All right. Thanks, Doug. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at CruiseRadio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, 
the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. You are still listening to this podcast, and can I ask you a favor? It'll take 30 seconds, I promise. Could you leave a review wherever you listen to this show from, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play? I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon.